Welcome to The Vital Vagina, where we delve into brave and crucial conversations about the womb and feminine power. This podcast is not just for people with vaginas. We all come from the womb, and there is much for everyone to learn from this place of deep wisdom. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle Cornelius. I'm a chiropractor and holistic pelvic care provider. I've been working in the feminine healing realm for nearly a decade, and I am honored to bring this work and these stories to light. Well, hello, Amron. Welcome to the Vital Vagina. Hi, Danielle. How are you Thank doing? You. You're welcome. I'm well. I am. I'm doing well. I just got back from Kauai, and I am feeling rested and somewhat refreshed, and um, more in tune with my body than usual, which is so nice. That is really nice. Yay. Oh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. So I am uh, educationally trained as a medical doctor. I am a family medicine MD. My heart has always been in helping people realize their own power in their um, ability to wield and yield their health and to steer their longevity. So I've... um, always had a side exploration in that. Um, I did Mm -hmm. a lot in holistic, alternative, integrative work and studies uh, before, during, and after medical training. Mm -hmm. And my heart really lies now, today, (laughs) in the, um, the innate knowing that women hold. And that Mm -hmm. can be applied anywhere. It could be applied to your physical health reality and changing that. Um, and it can also be applied to your psyche and your emotions and to your thoughts and your beliefs. And I'm really about the work now of helping women. I've been saying helping women bootstrap themselves to get themselves up from feeling disempowered to feeling empowered from feeling lost or victimized to feeling in charge to feeling self-righteous, helping women take our rightful place back as Mm. leaders, as village keepers, as community holders. Yeah. It's, I'm so pumped about it. I can't talk about it eloquently. I don't have my, my elevator speech yet, but um, (laughs) it's totally fine. It sounds like you are doing work that is really filling your heart. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. What, what made, if you were interested in the alternative (laughs) realm, what made you go to medical school in the first place? Well, it was advice. <laughs> I've always been really humble. I've always had a ton of older people in my life. I've always wanted that boost of knowledge. So I've, you know, I, I, I adopted my godmother when I was nine and she's 30 years older than me. And mm. um, that's just one of maybe 10 women that I keep in my close circle now who are all 30 years older than me. I'm 40 now. And um, they, they just, uh, one generation up or two, they just have a wider broader, more informed view of the world. And so whatever they say, I listen to. It doesn't mean I always take their advice, but certainly they see things I can't see at this point. So historically Mm. and throughout my life, you know, my problems were always minimized and humor was always brought in. And so my life has always been better because of these wonderful, wise, wise women in my life. And so Mm. one of them just said to me, Amron, you know, you're female, you're young, you've got so much energy, you need to go through the front door, so to speak, the conventional, you know, method to get to the back door so you can speak from the top of the mountain and have all the, you know, credibility you need. Um, and so I did mm-hmm. that 
And trust me, it was a slog, <laughs> but I am a very determined <laughs> yeah. person. I do not go back on things that I commit to. But yeah, by the first you know semester of medical training, I saw through so much. It was very, it was insulting. It was disappointing. It was, mm-hmm. it deeply hurt, you know, at the heart level. And um, I trudged on and you want to know something funny? I yeah. lost my eyesight in medical school. I didn't go blind, you but did. I, I literally went from perfect vision, you know, better than 2020 to mm-hmm. really significantly skewed vision. I just think that's so interesting on an energetic level. Yeah. You know, I was looking at things and forcing myself to read things. I was drinking, you know, I was reading poison, so to speak. I was reading things that didn't feel in alignment. Mm. And then, so you finished medical school, but you decided to not press forward with residency and stuff like that. I got the MD and I got the F out. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's so brave. (laughs) And being a woman, you know, I heard this interesting statistic. Uh, it's not a stat, it's more like a pseudo stat, but a woman applies herself confidently when she feels assured that she knows 90% of the information, that she's a 90% informed expert, whereas a man will apply himself, you know, confidently with literally 20% of the information, <laughs> right? We have different ego, we have different ego yeah. bodies and it's fascinating. Yes. And so from medical school, not only did it take me many years to um, forgive myself for yeah. being an imposter out of out of medicine and, and not knowing what I was doing, but, um, you know, forgiving, forgiving myself for leaving, sorry, but also actually owning that I know this, this being the realm outside of medicine. I know this. I, kn- I'm, I am legit in the world of you know, the emotions and meditation and using your mind power and changing your thoughts in in order to change your belief system in order to change what you actually manifest in the world. So Mm. anyway, what I think needs to be said is less about medicine and more about what is the other stuff. I devoted myself for, oh gosh, a good 10 years to mindfulness work in the, in the form of Esther Hicks law of attraction material. Mm Mm-hmm. For those who don't know who she is, she is another wonderful, wise, older woman who in the early 80s, with a very open mind, agreed to embark on meditation with her partner and um, began to channel. Unbeknownst to her, her nose just started to move in this bizarre way during meditation. Her hubby started to pay attention to how it was moving and she was spelling out words with letters with her nose. Isn't that crazy? And then she got more and more facile with it and started to actually type in a meditative headspace. And they, they being the beings that she was channeling, are extremely just heart-centered and so positive-sighted. Everything, even the most gruesome world events, can be spun into this very flowery, beautiful, open uh, perspective about world change and where we're going and new insight and new clarity. And instead of looking at, you know, the dark energies that started it, looking at the positive <clears throat> flow mm. that's taking place, it's phenomenally powerful. And, you know, any skeptic will, well, most skeptics <laughs> after listening to her will hear the breadth of topics and the, and the depth of questions that she gets thrown at her in these open forums that she does. She still does live workshops around mm-hmm. the globe. She's quite famous. And um, 
you'll know that this is real deal. No one human can have such a grasp on such arcane and vast topics as she does. And it's beautiful to listen to. So anyway, this got me out of a very, very dark place. And the dark Mm. place I was in at the beginning was both medicine, where I wasn't honoring my true um, self and Mm. um, my partnership. I was in a partnership that didn't feel in congruence with my heart and my soul, and I wasn't being nourished and fed. And so this really carried me through a major transitional um, time in my life. And first, before making big change, and this is advice I think everyone should hear, you need to fortify yourself and get ready. And that's the bootstrapping part, you know, literally pulling up the straps or the sides of your boots around your ankles, you know, figuratively speaking, um, doing that so that you're fortified, you're solid, you're clear, not necessarily on where you're going, but on what you're doing. You get your gumption, you get your energy. And from there, you can launch or leap out of whatever it is you're in and into Mm. faith, you know, faith, because most of us don't have the answer to where we're going next. We just know it's not here. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It takes, it does take a lot of faith and trust. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, what has you fired up right now? Women's liberation. Really? Nice. (laughs) And it's not that someone's going to liberate us. It's that we're liberating ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Looking for someone else to liberate us would be a trap. (laughs) And you know what? I think we did in the 60s and 70s, you know? Yeah. um, Yeah. It's been a progress for sure. There's steps that needed to be taken. Yeah. The energy of it back then was very different than what I'm sensing now. And I, you know, I wasn't really alive back then, but the energy back then seemed to be one of anger and um, proving ourselves as capable and adequate. And um, now it's different. I feel like women around the globe, especially here, because that's where I am right now, are like these little mushrooms that have been dormant and quiet, you know, on the, on the, on the forest floor that are now starting to just crop up and sprout and pop and blossom and there's something happening in this massive, you know, swath of consciousness now. I can't speak about it clearly because I don't have the full view, but it's remarkable how many women are just waking up and starting to look around and say, hey, I didn't really agree <laughs> to half of the things that I'm living right now, you know? And so that's what I mean by women's lib. We're finding that we made some silent agreements back there Mm. somewhere you know yes and they're not ours and they were they weren't our mothers or our grandmothers Mm -hmm. right yep what is this stuff (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) I mean I can think of the first few that I made and I actually posted something on Facebook not too long ago about it which was enduring adults primarily men their play with me I have dimples that are very deep and different and People touch me or used to. I still do, actually, but a lot when I was little and I just feel violated and I would just be polite and sweet and smile and maybe shirk away. But I never stood up or rarely stood up for myself. You know, I was taught early that a good female, a good girl, you know, um, is docile. Yeah. Right? That's just subjugating my, my energy so much doing that. 
How many yeah, of us do that? It, yeah, it wasn't presented to us as like a choice. <laughs> You're right. right? Be good. Yeah. Endure. So yeah. what Uncle Al, you know, blah, blah, blah is touching you, you know? Yeah. And that could easily spin out into the traumas we see with sexual, right? I mean, yes. wow. <laughs> And that's, that's what just people from, talk. Yeah, that's what people talk about when they say microaggressions, whether it's racial stuff or what we go through as females, like being touched and being like a space being violated or people talking over us, all those little things that seems yeah. little like in the moment. But when you're dealing with it every day, and then on top of it, like just being female is hard enough, but like to layer on top of it how people treat other people of color, and you just go into those depths it's just like that's too much it's just too it's too much it's hard I can't imagine how much harder it would be also to like really feel like I am an autonomous person it took me well into my adult life to realize that too yeah so I think our women's liberation right now is actually rewriting that script of yeah just being a woman is hard enough no 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 being a woman should be fucking awesome yeah, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we should be. It is. It is. <laughs> you know, we should yeah. be just honored and and I don't want to say praised because that makes it seem like ego based, but honored and beheld. You know, like I'm putting yeah. my arms out as I do that. Just observed. We have so much to give, and yeah. so many of us are wrapped up in these silent consents, you know, where we're, instead of seeing our value and owning it and sitting back in it, we're fighting to show it, to demonstrate it. We are carrying all the bricks we can carry. You know, we're juggling all the balls we can juggle while we do the dishes, while we look like a great mom, while we look cute every day, while we work a job, while, you know what I mean? What about the days when women didn't have to work because we were inherently working by being creative, by tending to the other women in the village, by supporting the children in the village, by, you know, just naturally feeding all the mouths that need feeding. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're and you're right. Like the the original feminist movements and like when you kind of go back into history, I think they were important and needed to use that kind of energy to break through. Um, but it it really is like hyper masculine way of working. We're moving through the world. Same with those of us like me who have a corporate background. And when I was in the corporate world, especially, I was definitely in my like hyper masculine energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all about the doing and how much more I could do and how much more better I could be than the boys and all that, all that right. stuff. And right. then, of course, I I end up doing this like really deeply feminine work. And I had I had many years in my experience where I was like, oh, oh, we're doing this all wrong. Like we're doing <laughs> it all wrong. There's this like softer, gentler way that honors who we actually are and what we bring to the table and the feminine if you separate it out from the masculine is about being. Mm -hmm. And so I'm constantly reminding women, it's like what, what we bring to the table is valuable and we don't even honor that. We just expect it. Yes, 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 yes. And it is so powerful. Yeah. Just being is where we derive and, and build and develop our power. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. You and I probably, you and I, I can't remember exactly when we first met, but we definitely have been to some uh, women's circles together with some powerful, like, shamanic uh, women. 
who led these amazing circles. Like I'm thinking oh, of Maria yeah. from Brazil right now. Oh, who yeah. came up. And I know you and I were at least two of her events that were just life-changing and really taught me what the feminine actually yeah. really is. Uh, oh my gosh. Like, one of my takeaways from one of my, my, my guest previews to Maria was uh, a friend of ours who is a devout student of Maria's <laughs> saying, yes. yeah. saying, Amron, and she was straightening her back and lifting her, you know, her neck and her, uh, her chin went a little high. And she said, women are made to be beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, ding, whoa, right. oh my gosh, we are made to be beautiful. We're supposed to be attractive, meaning magnetic, yeah. meaning energetically drawing in. We are supposed to be, you know, looked upon and beheld. And you know, it changed something. It's fascinating how sometimes someone's words can really reconfigure your thinking, even mm-hmm. if it's it's less and it's less about the words themselves. It's more like we're activating something in what we say. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Which is mm. actually is something that I've heard recently a lot from some pretty awesome intuitives that I uh, follow on online and they'll say sometimes it's not about the words I'm saying so much as the vibration or the energetic activation or the code that I'm, that I'm transmitting to you right now. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's powerful. The thing. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like what you're exuding, the energy that you've built up and you're sharing is that's the feminine versus the uh, like, Oh, I just have to say these right things at the right time. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know. And have think my, my way through this, right? <laughs> have my, my, have my outline. Think my way through this. Muscle my way through this. Force yeah. the situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, have, have... I haven't written an outline for a for a class in so long. <laughs> You're such a boss. <laughs> You're such a yeah, boss. Because the more you work in the feminine, the more you realize like it's all just right there for you. And the more I try to control it, the less I can access it. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, download. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Uh, uh, what else has you fired up? What's going on in your world? Well, uh, on the subject of women's circles, I have had the pleasure of uh, hosting a number of them re- recently. And um, two of them have been plant medicine based. And the intention in there. The intention that is set by the guide facilitating, as well Mm -hmm. as the intention that is set by each individual uh, Mm -hmm. upon arriving, as well as the intentions that are nurtured and set into motion throughout the ceremony have been just incredible to behold, just incredible uh, observations of women anointing other women. And I think yeah. it's time we start to bring these terms back, by the way. Prayer, anointment. These are not religious words, and they, they shouldn't ever be. And um, there is so much power in watching women uh, cleansing energetically and uh, attending to another woman. Oh, my gosh. I was brought to tears so many times just seeing, yeah. you know, watching in candlelight two or three women you know, brushing the feathers of another woman, so to speak, just energetically doing that while another woman sings to her 
a song that she is channeling about being free, about how she's born to be a wild child. This was just Mm -hmm. pertinent to this particular person who's now crying uncontrollably because she knows, again, vibrationally, that this song is for her, you know, singing to her heart that she's not honoring right now in staying in a partnership that's not serving her and being a mother to children in a way that is not fully nourishing her. It's just, oh my gosh, moments like those that are so transformative, none of us will ever forget. So I'm about bringing that reality back and it doesn't need to require a plant at all. In fact, I've been able to um, support the space for these events without any plant medicine. Well, actually, I guess they are plant medicines, but they're, they're not plants that you ingest. They're plants that you, um, again, anoint yourself with to create yeah. an energetic shift. So if um, people are interested, I've been hosting these healing clinics and I'm going to start to do them online because it is nice. all about energy. It is not about yeah. the physical reality. The third right. dimension, time and space continuum do not need to play a part in making transformative, massive shifts within our bodies, within our psyches, within our energetic, within our energetic bodies. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm collaborating with a wonderful intuitive on that. And that's the other thing I want to just kind of side note and say here. There's a lot of shabby shamanism happening in the world right now. And I'm just going to vent about that for a moment and say that yes, you can yeah, yeah. really fuck up your psychic, you know, clarity you can yeah. you can you can um, disperse or disintegrate yourself more and do yeah. quite harm if you connect with the wrong person the the underexperienced uh, healer the people there is so much shamanism going on right now that's that's not that's not um, clear there are a lot of yeah, people who are yeah. just stepping into their intuitive um, capabilities and get really uh, excited about it and get into their ego. And I just want to say I'm damn good at, um, you know, deciphering and I test them out for a long period of time. This is where my medical, um, integrity, I think is serving itself best. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I know. Uh, I have a very rich Rolodex as do you, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's important. There's a lot. I mean, that's the problem with, um, like a lot of people are using the word shamanism or appropriating it. And, um, there's a lot of people who are utterly inexperienced and it's the kind of realm that you want to be experienced. And for like, you know, if you're going to work with a shaman, you want them to have experience with their lineage for like 10, 20, 30 years (laughs) not like, Oh, I went to a workshop last weekend and (laughs) I don't even have a teacher. Like shamanism is deeply like, that's the kind of thing where like you don't do the thing until you get permission to do it kind of thing from your teacher. And and our our culture tends to be very comfortable just stealing. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, that's unfortunate. So yeah, people need to be highly careful and who be careful about who you're supporting. Their intentions might be okay for themselves, but there's a whole it. lineage to it. Yeah. You got it. We're messing with a lot of multidimensional realms here and we want to be really adept in how we do that. And I do yeah. not think to be one. I am very good, however, at, at deciphering and, uh, and, and finding them. And yeah, yes, you had said it, have a number of years of experience. That's one. Secondly, um, know that they are appointed in some way and it could be energetically that they're getting their appointment and their, their license, so to speak. 
to, to do mm-hmm. this as well. Um, a lot of them don't call themselves shamans. They call themselves healers. Um, in addition, yeah. be sure that your healer is humble and is doing yes. their own work on themselves. That is so, so, so important because a lot of healers, even the ones that come from lineages of healers, I have a couple that are coming to mind right now, kind of fall off a little bit because they are, this happens a lot in the male healer realm. And I just want to state that very clearly. Yeah. Their integrity and their ability and their clarity kind of fall off or, or dwindle a little bit because their own baggage and their own traumas and their own history come up because they're humans. We're part human, you know? We really are part yeah. spirit, part animal. <laughs> we part are part human. human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so um, that filters in, you know? And so know that your healer, your seer, your intuitive is doing their own inner work. Are they humble? Check on that. And again, yes. were they appointed? Are they um, still getting work done? Do they have uh, leaders that they follow? Do they have, or not follow, you know what I mean, but refer yeah. to, do they have advisors? Do they have a council? Uh, this is important stuff. And how do they spend their time? One of my friends said the other day, I don't want my shaman on social media. <laughs> like, I don't want my <laughs> shaman to be savvy with her iPhone. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't, it is, this isn't about it is Instagramming. <laughs> there is something about that. I mean, more people are out, which is good. But at the same time, like some of the, my most profound teachers, like Maria, for example, you couldn't find her online. Right. You know? <laughs> And she so, would probably giggle a little bit at the idea. Totally, totally. One of, <laughs> and she one just of most... like falls into your life. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. You can call in your healer. That's the thing I want to yeah. empower women to realize is that we can call in our next step. We can call in our healer. Um, yeah, so that's what the healing clinics are about. And that's what my work is morphing into. It has been for the past three years. And it's been wonderful. People, mostly women, coming to me with issues and we're solving them together in meditative prayer by calling in the next step, the next answer, the next solution, the next, the next teacher, the next leader, the next guide. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It always works. I don't know how it does, but it does. And it's so cool. It's well, not about you. It's not about me. It's just, it's, it's masterminding. And I will say about you, you have a real strong presence and I've sent a few people to you and I've worked with you a little bit myself and there's just something about you that um, makes it feel real safe to like just bring your whole self to the table, which I think is pretty phenomenal. Thank you. You're welcome. I really appreciate that. And, you know, um, it's really something I take very seriously, the integrity element and Perhaps that's why I needed to go through medical training um, yeah. because I saw the, the breach yeah, and it, it shook me to my, to my core, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I went to um, a chiropractic college that was the most evidence-based scientific of all the chiropractic schools. And so they were very, very concerned about being um, accepted by the medical industry. So every, like, it's almost like every choice they made was like, our medical doctor is going to be comfortable with us, (laughs) which is, which is funny. Um, because we're a fully different paradigm of healing, but, um, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. It, we don't require medical doctors to understand what we do and we don't understand right. everything they do. And we're not like doing surgeries or prescribing medications. So it's fully different. And we both have exactly. a, we do both have a, a, 
like our it's our own lane. Just stay in your exactly. Um, so important. <laughs> but what I noticed too was the same thing. I I went there originally. Well, because they're in Portland and that's where I live. So I was just like, that's where I'm going. But um, I was attracted to the fact that they were so um, evidence-based because, well, I don't know. I didn't know any different at the time. And I just assumed that they were saying the right things. Like, well, we're the only ones who actually know because we're doing everything scientifically. Um, But through all that, I also could see I had the same kind of experience. I was so disappointed. And I was like, you're I feel like you're just missing the point on something. <laughs> so I've had to study with energy healers and body workers who have no shame about that. That's what our modality is. That's what we're doing. Wow. Um, in order to actually learn how to use those tools in meaningful, wow. profound ways. And in I, chiropractic. In chiropractic, <laughs> which is the whole, like the whole roots of chiropractic are about um, where the physical and the energetic meet. Like that's kind of what the nervous system is. Yes. And um, it really took me studying with Tammy Kent, who taught me about how the f- spiritual, like the spiritual aspect of the pelvic bowl and the organs that create life. And like to really have like such a deep spiritual reverence for that area of the body. And then, oh. then it started like, then I started realizing what chiropractic actually really was that I never learned in chiropractic school. Oh. Um, but I think we, they really tried very hard to become like medical school. And I think that's a disservice to all of us. All of us, all of us, all of us. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So can you give me a nugget of wisdom or insight that you uh, got from either Tammy? And I know her modality is, you know, a beautiful blend of intuitive clarity, physical therapeutics and, um, the spiritual realm, you know, of the, of the pelvic bowl and using that kind of as a hologram, right. For the, Mm -hmm. for the energetic body and the, and the physical body. Right. Mm -hmm. The biggest insight I got from Tammy was learning how to be present in order to feel. Um, when I first graduated from chiropractic school, I still couldn't feel like where I was supposed to make my adjustments or what really needed to be done. I was really, excuse me. So I'm stuck in my throat. I was really stuck in my head about the mechanics of everything. And so when I first took Tammy Kent's class after I graduated from chiropractic school and I was open and vulnerable about how I was struggling because I couldn't feel things. And she put her hand on my hand and said, oh, you just need to bring your energy into your hands. Like it was the easiest. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was the simplest thing. But all of a sudden I started feeling all the different energies in the pelvic bowl. So I could feel like, oh, when somebody was in rage or I could feel when, um, and I could feel it physically on my finger when I was working internally. It wasn't like, oh, I'm having an emotion and I'm empathizing. I was feeling like the white hot, like I felt like my finger was going to burn off or like, or like, um, little poke, like I could feel like things poking. And so I just learned how to feel like, oh, these are different emotional energies that I can feel on a physical level. Um, with my palpation skills. And so that was humongous for me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I was like, that's what I felt like I paid $150,000 to do. <laughs> but I didn't learn that at all from there. <laughs> and I also oh. learned just as a woman how to just have a lot of reverence and honor. Like I don't even have children. I've never been pregnant or anything like that. But I have still like this level of reverence and honor for my body for just having that capacity or, you know, to go through the cycles and the pain that comes with that sometimes. And um, 
there's mm. something about that that way of being that's like that cyclical just there's something really beautiful about being in this type of body um and going back to like receiving like beauty and just being beauty it's not even about like beauty standards in our within our right. hyper masculine culture it's like just the beingness right. of the female Yes. And everyone really, like even male bodies could be in their feminine energy by just being extremely present and like in the sensual nature and just like in the body instead of like yes. trying, to, trying to press forward out of the body. Yes. Um, is such a deeply feminine um, place to be. And it's so healing for all of us. And it just brings a lot of presence and reverence. But you do have to be brave enough to uh, process through all of the stuff that we've shoved down into our bodies, like emotionally yeah. before you even, you really can get to that place. So it also takes mm-hmm. a lot of bravery to learn how to be mm-hmm. present with the, with the body. Yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes. And there are, <laughs> there's a, there's an intuitive for that. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be my new, my new, my new phrase. <laughs> hashtag, just, hashtag there's right? a for that. There's a, there's a seer for that. There's a healer for that. Um, but yeah, there are some that can within a holy instant help yeah. you transmute and reduce and release. And oh my gosh, it's amazing. We don't always have to quote, work through no. and work backwards and backtrack no. and go through and relive. I just love that so, so much. Um, Something you said made me want to ask the question, can you talk about how women's bodies store energy? Mm. Uh, And I'd like to say that in the form of, I guess it doesn't matter, but where the energy is coming from. But I I do want to, something was said to me that really stuck with me that I think is so crucial to this podcast and, and my podcast too, which is that sexually women women's bodies, women's energetic bodies can become a depot place for their partner's stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. We take on something from our person. Yeah. And so it would be wise to not have sex with a ton of different people in a short period of time, unless we really, 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 really want to, like we understand yeah. them yep. and not have sex without being fully, fully in our bodies and fully present um, and that is sensually and sexually two very, very different things. I think that's worth mm-hmm. noting. Yep. Um, and, and noting when we feel that mucky ickiness that happens, if we've engaged sexually with someone who wasn't awesome, you know, or yeah. for whatever reason, wasn't a good fit for us, we carry that for a, a, some time after. So that's, that's all I know. I shared everything I know and I want to hear some things, you know, or piggybacking on that. Um, yeah, so we receive energy into our bodies and then we, we transmute it and then that's what we create from. And so the male body is a little different. It tends to like, uh, propel itself towards the receiver of its energy, which is outside of itself, but we are a receiver. So we receive energy in and we do something with it, transmute it, and then it comes out. And pregnancy and giving birth is the perfect metaphor. So we are receiving a seed into our body. Our uterus takes all that in. We have a spirit door into our uterus, which just comes right in where like spirit and physical meet. We create life and then it comes back and we gestate it and then it comes out of our body as its own thing. And oh. so that's really the metaphor to use, but we're not taught that we have that kind of power within us. So we can also, 
we can also get stuck in the gestation portion portion of it. And if we're just, if we're just receiving and a lot of males are taught to, without any consciousness around it, just kind of dump their like emotional stuff. Like, and I've heard that like males tend to more often um, like go straight from relationship to relationship, like serial monogamy more often than women do because they also get their friendship from us and um, their, like their emotional sustenance and all of that, mm-hmm. all that invisible stuff we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, sometimes they'll sexually just kind of release all of that into us. And then we mm-hmm. don't, we're never taught how to actually transmute that and release it. So we hold it and we tend to hold it and hold it mm-hmm. and just hold it and hold it and hold it and hold it mm-hmm. until we figure out how to release it. So a lot of people who come to my office, whether it's like sexual assault or just people they didn't really want to have sex with or didn't even really know that that's, that's how they were feeling. Cause we're also kind of taught, this is my problem with actually the term sex positivity, even though I think sex is really positive. <laughs> I think, I think it's also a really, it's, it can be fun and silly, but it can also be profound and it can also be life-changing and it can also lead to a, the woman's death actually, because there's like birthing and pregnancy is actually a little risky. And there's, so it's, it's, it has depth and meaning and um, it can be incredibly important. So I just wish people understood more of the energetics um, and <clears throat> women are also, and so are people in general, highly resilient. I've worked with women and, <clears throat> and a lot of really deep, deep, trauma with stories that are just kind of horrifying, excuse me. And, um, and yet I've seen the ability to release that energy and transmute it so quickly. It's Mm -hmm. awe inspiring. And so, um, I don't think we need to get bogged down necessarily into the, um, good word, the trauma. I think we need to, like you and I've talked about this before. I think it's really important to speak it, but then not get stuck there. Um, to speak, like speak it with, with truth and like uh, from the rooftops, this is what's happening to us or what's happened to us. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not going to hold it in my body and what we've agreed to and whether Mm -hmm. we realize it or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's empowering to see like, oh, like I have silently agreed to some of these things. Um, and I'm going to work, work on letting some of that go. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, really what our bodies are capable of receiving energy, transmuting it and releasing it. But if females especially had more tools around releasing and letting go of, and also what that sacred yes actually is. And when I actually want something and when I don't, and then listening to that, um, that would be huge. Wow. Okay. Pause there. That's huge. (laughs) (laughs) Sacred. Yes. Sacred. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Let's talk about that. I mean, holy cow, that is such, that, that's a game changer phrase right there for me at least. Um, yeah. I, I got that from Samantha Zipporah, who was another woman who's going to be on this podcast. Probably her episode will air before this one. Um, so we talk a little bit about what that means and just that ability, that in that deep internal, like, fuck yes. <laughs> you know, like I want this. You talked about it earlier. It's like you, if you have the des- deep, deep, deep desire for lots of sexual partners, that's different from feeling like you need to do it because that's what people are doing or you don't want to say no. Yeah. 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 Women have this amazing, I'm going to say, um, empathic compassion, you know, yeah. or capacity rather, sorry, capacity where we we know what our people around us want and uh, not necessarily what they need, but what they want. Um, 
And again, because we're still operating, a lot of us in this I am not enough Mm. uh, mindset, we give, we give it to them. And it often takes the form of sex. And it is unfortunate for men and for women. Yeah. But really for men as well, that their only um, route to affection, physical touch, emotional um, support is through a lot of the time women. Yeah. And sex. Like it makes me sad thinking of like all the things in between, like all these beautiful layers that they're missing. Yes. (laughs) In between, think about those workshops we go to with Maria where we're only in our sensuality. So we're like, we're just learning about touch and feel and like, what is it like to like, just give each other this kind of sensual care in this way that has nothing to do with sex and how healing that is. Nothing to do with sex. That's so important to say it out loud because those two words are often so intertwined. I have two boys. One is seven, one is five, just turned five. And my five-year-old very much is a sensual being. He, He needs to touch my tummy, my chest, you know, um, he, his, he loves to rub his face on my neck and Mm. it is so delicious. I love it so much. (laughs) And it's not at all sexual. No, It's sensual. And if we would give ourselves that pleasure and that feedback, it's information, it's information. It's a way to connect. It's a way to soothe. It's a way to get information, to communicate. It's a way to communicate. Yeah. Um, I think we need to bring that in to our, I'm going to say our global village. That's something that we as women, I believe, will be bringing back in um, yeah. is, is, is sensuality. Um, and that can take the form of platonic relationships among men, among women, among men and women, I have to say, um, for the longest time, I tell a little bit about my story on previous episodes with chiropractic. So I've had like a tumultuous relationship with my own profession, especially in the beginning, not so much now. Um, but I really felt like I had a corporate job and I and I was rising in that world. And so and I made a sacrifice to let go of that in order to follow my heart and my integrity to become to work more in the healing world. And I was so disappointed by what I was experiencing that it was just, it was crushing because I was doing really well in the corporate world. And I was like, I I mean, I didn't leave all this just to also let my integrity go. And in the healing realm, that's even worse (laughs) to let your integrity go here. And so I had a real strong sense of, I am not going to be influenced by anyone that doesn't like fill me up fully. And I couldn't find those Mm. people for a long, long time, but I kept saying no. My internal, it was so strong. It was just no, no, no. I didn't want to learn from any other chiropractors. It was just such a strong no. And there was a, there was a lot of me that was like, oh my God, you are ruining your life. You have to suck it up and just deal with this. And like, but I was so strong, (laughs) that inner. And then once I found, um, once I found Tammy Kent's work concerning holistic pelvic care, I, I was able to really stand strong in my no to chiropractic because it just, it was so strong. 
And then I found this other modality that was really obscure. So I was like, okay, well, maybe that's why I ended up getting this license to touch so I could do this. But I still felt this real strong no for chiropractic. And in this last year, in 2018, I found the Kairos training culture and the people that I've, I've told you about um, in chiropractic that really resonate with me. And it was such a big yes mm. that it felt so – I can't even tell you how – good. <laughs> I can like, feel it from here. <laughs> because, and it was like totally worth the wait because it was such a big yes. And that was a huge lesson for me in like actually really honoring that yes and no, even when you're a logic mind on such, it's just, it's just cranking on you to tell you to like stop being so settle. frivolous or whatever, or to settle because this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, when I found my people it was it, just such a relief. Like for the first couple of months, I just cried and cried because I was so just oh, relieved. Um, and then on then, and, and then it segued into the next thing you said. Um, this is a group where there's a lot of males who are really working hard on balancing their feminine energy. And I see them mm-hmm. hugging each other and supporting each other and touching each other and being mm-hmm. deep friends with each other the way that women have been. And that's, that's also such a huge relief to me. And it's like, oh. we're, you know, we're fully capable of it. Like you said, yes, like we've yes, made yeah. some agreements and the more we like stop, stop and say, hey, I see I made this agreement and I'm stopping it now because it's not the right thing for either one of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it really helps them to like learn how to find that on their own because they're also humans, the males I'm talking about and have just as much capacity for this work as we do. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. That's yeah. so beautiful. And I do believe that women are the shortest route to that revelation, yes. that realization yes. and that embodiment on their, on the men's Absolutely. behalf. Absolutely. Because I'm just going to say it. The ego is a real thing and it gets in the way. It's very serving and, and productive in some capacities, but for men, it it's, it's the block yeah. that women can just dissolve, you know, yeah. not just within our own bodies, but for the men. Yeah. If you I, have, yeah, yeah go on. <laughs> Just, I just, I yeah. do believe that because we have these organs in our bodies that give a, give life, and they give us a certain amount of journey. Like I know when you go through pregnancy and delivery, that's a certain journey. Like it's truly a shamanic journey, really. And um, even when we've got just cycling alone, gives us a certain kind of journey. So I've started to have a theory that I think males, because they don't have that inside their body like we do, really do have to journey a little bit more. Like they have to go seek and they have to do the things like I got to meditate every single day. And not that we shouldn't because we also need it because our culture is so hyper-masculine. But I think sometimes they need to use more plant medicines or they need to go into the cave for a few months or whatever, (laughs) you know, because they have to journey to find the thing that we have inherent within our Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yes, and part of that um part of that end point of the journey I'm told is is brought about by the physical uh exhaustion and stress and strain and and taking yourself to the edge of your safety and comfort yeah. zone. Um, yeah. In the journey women don't need to do that. Men tend to need to do that. They have to go for the the solo journey, the solo uh walk where they're out overnight or two nights or three nights alone in nature, taken to the, you know, edges of their, of their comfort zone and, yeah. and incur and, you know, ask to be uncomfortable um, so that they can be humble, let the ego dissolve and tap in. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really different for women though. And we don't all need yeah. to do that. Women. I agree. Yeah. And then, you know, there's the, the in between also like, so there's people who I don't identify one way or the other. And I, yes. I think it's important to honor that and also honor their own, those people, people who are trans or in between in some way or non-binary have their own path also to wind mm-hmm. through all of this. And that's absolutely nice. Yes. And one, um, wonderful intuitive who's very mainstream and popular right now and getting he is on Instagram <laughs> uh, but he's really good and he's he's rough enough around the edges that you see that he's really doing his homework still Phil Good is his name and uh, Shaman Dork's another one who's who's also um, pretty potent out there mm-hmm. um, they'll say this middle gender uh, is a very uh, not always not all of them but there's a lot of potential for the middle gender to guide us into this new uh, consciousness mm. that a lot of them have the capacity to um, to drift between the realms and and on a lot of levels, not just the sexual and gender oriented realms, uh, but multidimensionally. And a lot of them have intuitive capabilities if they would get through their identity stuff and yeah. if they're able to do that and really settle into who they really are. There's a lot of, um, a lot of them are coming forth these days with this innate, uh, capability and capacity for deeper knowing and broader thinking and, and to shepherd us into this new, um, world view, so to speak. That gave me chills. I really love walking this journey with you and I'm so grateful that you're in my life and I feel like I could talk to you for another couple of hours but we probably (laughs) should wind it down so why don't you um, tell people where they can find you and what you're working on now and all that good stuff thank you Um, you can find me online at green as in the color green, health as in healthy, PDX, Portland's airport code, P as in Paul, D as in David X.com. So I'm at greenhealthpdx.com. My name is Amron Bevels Wilson. Um, you can find me there. You can find me on Instagram at doctor underscore Amron. That's D-O-C-T-O-R underscore Amron. And I would love the opportunity to do this again with you, Danielle. I love yes. speaking with you. You have so much wisdom and knowledge and oh I just love your presence so 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 much (laughs) oh well yes I hope you come back a lot I want most of my guests to keep coming back (laughs) because there's a lot of depth to hear (laughs) awesome well thank you so much thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's episode you can find show notes at vitalvagina.com if you like what you hear please subscribe and share with your friends we'll be back next week with another episode